Talk. We're talking with Eric Anderson and Chris Cook from Nerd Chapel about the Fantastic 42. Rogue signal intercepted. Signal designation. Bees, views, and reviews. Signal host. Branson Boykin. Initiating com talk. Hey guys, welcome to Bees, Views, and Reviews, the podcast that promotes faith-based, family-friendly comics and the creators that make them. Brought to you by Geek Devotions, a show by devoted geeks devoted to letting you know that you are loved. I'm B, and today we'll be ta- taking some time to talk to Eric Anderson and Chris Cook from Nerd Chapel to discuss their latest book, The Fantastic 42, A Fellowship Facing Doom with Hope. Welcome to the show, guys. So glad to have y'all here today. Thanks so yeah. much. Yeah, thank you for having us. I'm excited for this. Yeah, man. All right. So for uh, people who are listening who may not know, can you tell us a little bit about what Nerd Chapel actually is? Sure. Uh, uh, well, uh, in the year 2010, I was finishing up, early on in the year, I was finishing up a discipleship school with Youth with a Mission and praying about what was in my future, as all of us were at that point. Uh, And as I was praying, God said, you're a fan of science fiction, superheroes, you love board gaming. There's a whole culture around that. Why aren't you going to them? So that after a couple of years of just hosting game nights and and just looking to see how to do this, uh, eventually God said, I gave you a teaching gift. Why aren't you using it? And so (laughs) I'm like, well... I'm a nerd. This is for Jesus. I'll just call it Nerd Chapel. And I started with a blog and a few YouTube videos. And it was just my way to, to try and bridge that gap between nerd culture and the Christian community and say, you know, let, let's take this and let, let's be a gentler, graceful, and uh, just a better example of Jesus to the nerd world when they're just used to people yelling and screaming at them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so awesome. that's, that's, that's the goal for nerd chapel. Uh, it includes, you know, going to conventions and tabling at them, which is what one of the things that the books do is it allows me to approach things as a creator and say, Hey, I am a follower of Jesus. And I like a lot of the hobbies that you do. And here's some books where I write about both of them with my friends. You know, that's amazing because as you're describing that to me, I'm hearing the exact beginning of Geek Devotions. When when Dallas was getting Geek Devotions started, he was saying some of the same things and sharing with me some of the same ideas. It's 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 amazing how how similar those stories are. That's that's really encouraging to hear. And you start you've been doing this since 2010, you said? Well, 2010 is when I felt the call. The actual entity of Nerd Chapel started in 2013. Uh, For a few years, I was just hosting game nights in my house and having people come over and play games. And I did have one or two times when we had some significant conversations during that time. We had a time when someone who was unchurched came and she felt like there was some sort of a spirit or presence right next to her at the table. And that opened up a chance for us to talk about God and talk about Jesus Wow. Uh, and I don't know where she is, or but I was able to help her with one or two of her blocks that were in between her and Jesus at that moment. Oh, that's awesome. That's Dude, amazing. That's, bruh, so, that's awesome. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just said, okay, I've got a teaching gift. Let's just see how I can make this work. Great. 
Now, Chris, is the Fantastic 42 your first thing that you've done with Nerd Chapel or have you done other stuff with them or when did you uh, come with the Nerd Chapel? So I, uh, Eric and I kind of became, I guess, aware of each other through our mutual friend, um, Nathan Marchand from Monster Island Film Vault. And then also yep. Eric and I occupy a lot of similar online spaces being Christian geeks. Um and he's been wonderful enough to have invited me to his uh, his Monday evening shows um, twice now. So that's that's been a lot of fun uh, getting to getting to chat with Eric at some point soon. I'm hoping I can reciprocate and have him on uh, on my show on on my One Cross Radio podcast. That would um, be cool. Yeah, dude, um, we're gonna make it happen. <laughs> I am so sorry <laughs> that I haven't made it happen yet. <laughs> Um, in terms of writing with, uh, this was my first involvement writing with nerd chapel. Um, the only other writing opportunity I've been blessed with, um, was through faith and fandom volume seven, um, with my friend and yours, Hector Mirai. Um, but this, this was a very different and exciting challenge because fantastic 42 is almost an entire, it, it's a Christian geek devotional. So it's, it's got that in common, but in a way it's its own wonderful beast. And it yep. was, it was a fantastic beast to find not so much like those two movies and apparently five more, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, <Nice>. right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about fantastic 42. Then tell us, uh, you said it's a, it's a geek themed devotional. Uh, yes. And yep. what, what, what led to y'all making it like, what, what is it? I, I gotta ask is 42 a reference to the answer to life, the universe and everything or. Yes, it is. Yep. When we, when we <laughs> yep. were working on the first one, my buddy Nate and I were looking for some ideas. We, I put up a post in a Facebook group that a Christian nerd Facebook group at the time. And someone said, well, why don't you just make it 42 days and call it 42. And Nate fell in love with the idea immediately. I had to wrap my head around that first, just because I, as someone who has a Bible degree, I was focused more on the the day the uh, concept of a forty day devotional. Right. <laughs> yep. But after I got my head out of the, of that crazy or out of that and re- realized, oh, this is just you know a similar connection or a similar communication just using tweaking it to, to fit the crowd. And what does the fantastic part come into? Like what, what makes it the fantastic 42 as opposed to the awesome 42 or the amazing 42 or the incredible 42? You know, for this one, this was our first time really inviting more than just me and Nathan to write for it. And so it's fantastic because we have some viewpoints that we and insights that we wouldn't have gotten if if it was just Nathan and I doing the whole thing. Uh, what separates this one from the other two books is that this the other two books are a bit more of a curriculum style. So I said, okay, here's what we're gonna do. So for the first one, I said we're gonna talk about Jesus for a few days and really focus on who he is. Then we're gonna ask, what does this mean for me, and work on that for a while, and then move into asking, what does this mean for us as a group. So there is a bit of a curriculum aspect to it. Whereas with this one, 
with the Fantastic 42, I said, you know what? Let's have our wonderful writers pick characters that they already really care about and start with that and look for the biblical themes and the biblical biblical connections and characters that they already care about. Oh, cool. So basically there came a day, a day unlike any other. Yes. When earth's mightiest writers had to come together. <laughs> exactly. I can't help it. I, I'm a, I'm a Marvel fan. I had to work that in there somehow. Oh yeah. No, yeah. no. Uh, I've been a fan uh, through chatting with Nathan and Eric about the 42. I, I'm aware of its connections to guardians, uh, not guardians. Sorry. Um, hitchhikers. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> the nerds are coming for me guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I love how puntastic it is. Cause it's so easily applicable. Um, like when I saw the last book, the second one was called the new 42, right? Eric. Yes. Yep, and that one 42. was, and that one was coming around out around the time of the, uh, to put it nicely, hit or miss uh, DC new 52 initiative. So I'm just loving how, how you can apply it. And fantastic 42. That just, that just rolls. It makes yep. you think of an excellent comic book series. Um, <laughs> a not excellent uh, hit or miss is too generous. <laughs> um, <laughs> several film adaptations, <laughs> right? But a, a cartoon show in the nineties that had the most wonderfully nineties, theme song that if uh marvel if you don't adapt it i am going to be so disappointed in you <laughs> i still sing that theme song like in the shower i will rock out reed richards is elastic, elastic. <laughs> you know the it's sad so thing is, good. <laughs> somehow is not i was not in tune with that marvel show during the 90s as a kid i i saw the spider-man show and i saw the x-men show but i didn't see the other cartoons that Marvel had going at that time. So I caught up with that and with one or two others from that era via a thing called Disney plus. (laughs) Yes. Yes. uh, Within the last year. But yeah, I mean, we made sure to, to have uh, an entry on some group called the fantastic four in this book uh, written by Scott, Bales, who is a superhero aficionado and has written a couple of superhero themed devotionals. And shout out to to Scott, because he also wrote a chapter based on the best Fantastic Four movie, The Incredibles. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm glad you said that because I, I, I had seen that so much. I was like, okay, we have someone who's really strong, someone who can stretch yep. and someone who can generate force fields. And then instead of a fire guy, we have a speedy guy, but yep. he's still a hothead. Yep. He is. <laughs> yes. uh, a friend of mine and frequent guest. I'm not sure if he's going to hear this, but uh, he's a pastor friend of mine, Steve Lambert. Every single time we talk favorite superhero movies, he will always say like my, the best fantastic four movie. My favorite one is the Incredibles. And he's (laughs) the one that put those comparisons on my map. I'm like, man, you're, you're absolutely correct. Fan four stick doesn't hold a candle to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
It, it was pretty ridiculous how great The Incredibles is. And The Incredibles 2 was also really good. So right on. It was. It was. And you know, uh Disney did Big Hero Six. Mm-hmm. I don't dope. understand why there's not a crossover. Oh, Big Hero yeah. Six was so good. Yeah. It was. And well, so my uh my thing that I wanted Disney to do is, is to say, okay, Pixar, we own you. We also own Marvel and we own Star Wars. You are now going to do an animated crossover of Star Wars and Marvel just for, so people can have fun with it. Oh, my gosh. I, I feel like we kind of get those through those. Do you guys ever watch the Lego movies like the Lego Star Wars Christmas special? I've seen or, a little um, bit of them. A couple Lego, of them. Yeah. Uh, Lego Marvel uh, superheroes Maximum Overload or whatever. They're definitely aimed for kids, but I swear they have some of the most intense fan writers because there's so many deep cut references that kids aren't going to understand. I'm just like, (laughs) man, these guys are awesome. Can we get them writing the big movies? Like if we could get the writers from the Lego Batman movie on (laughs) like a live action show or movie. Ah, yeah. This nerd renaissance that's been going on for a while would get next level. <laughs> I feel yes. that way about the superhero squad show, where where the all the heroes are like little miniature versions of themselves. <laughs> like I, I get that's geared for kids, but yeah. there's there's so much fandom in that, and it is so funny. I I I forget how long I was laughing when I was watching the Incredible Hulk answer a phone call, <laughs> like. It should not be this funny, but my three-year-old, he was three at the time, is sitting next to me laughing. Why am I laughing harder than he is? This is not right. But, I, you know. My wife and I, on a whim, uh, went and saw Teen Titans Go to the movies. Neither, oh of us were, neither of us were huge fans of Teen Titans Go, but we're like, all right, we got nothing to do this afternoon. This could be fun. And... I think we laughed the hardest of everyone in the theater. And of course it was a bunch of kids, but there were so many deep cut jokes or stuff where you're like, wow, that went dark. They, they murdered somebody and they're like, let's get out of here before the cops show up. We're just like, Oh my gosh, what is this movie? (laughs) Yeah. I actually, my brother's church has me come and do superhero Sunday and give the message for superhero Sunday once a year. And so this year I referenced that film as part of the message. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. That's I was, so cool. you know, talking about how, how, what happens when we try to be the hero instead of yep. choosing to be the sidekick to God as the hero. Right. And Ooh, that's a good one. Reflected on uh, how they wanted to be the big heroes and get their movie. So, they went back in the past and even did some things that might seem like good things, like saving Bruce Wayne's parents and saving Krypton. <laughs> oh, wow. But they did it so that those people would not become the heroes that they are so that they could take their roles. And when they got back, well, life really wasn't very good without those other heroes. <laughs> so they went back in time and pushed Bruce's parents into crime alley, knowing they would die. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, so um, just sorry, just sorry. to make this clear, the the faith based, family friendly podcast is not endorsing Teen nope, Titans nope. Go. <laughs> nope, nope. It's just right. a very funny 
movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Sorry, sorry. No, it's it's good. Well, that actually that that touches a little bit on one of the questions I wanted to ask. What fandoms do you use in Fantastic Forty Two? Like uh, you mentioned, there's some superhero fandoms in there. Uh, what 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 can we to to someone who reads it? What for people who have different fandoms and different geekdoms? What's in there for them? There is a lot. So if you yeah. look at uh, within the first uh, seven entries, you've got I, my first entry is based on the 1951 sci-fi movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Ah. Then you move to a star, one of the Star Wars films to Rogue One. Oh, and no. we just move all over throughout that. We've got what did I Dr. Do? Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yep, got Dr. Oh, Jekyll wow. and Mr. Hyde right within the first seven. Yep, Sailor and Moon, just a huge variety. We've we've got uh, we've got mythology in oh, there okay. with. King Arthur and um, Medusa. Uh, you know, my my buddy Darren Ball brought in a Darkwing Duck. Oh, and oh, he out- still my heart. Yes. <laughs> he also oh, I in, loved you know, that show. <laughs> every, every book so far has had a Princess Bride connection, but he did a Princess Bride connection based on the book, not the movie. Ah, oh, very nice. Darren bought it. So we've got those. We've got a couple of anime connections. Yep. Uh, Nick did one based on one of the Studio Ghibli movies. Oh, okay, great. And he also, Nick Hayden also included a wonderful take on an old, very obscure video game where you're just a man responding to a narrator. Uh, as well as to um, one of the most popular games of the 90s that I didn't know about at the time, um, Mist. Mist. Okay. So, yeah, we have, I mean, we've got video games. We've got tabletop gaming in a sense because we've got one based on a character from Sentinels of the Multiverse, which is a popular cooperative superhero card game. And we've got several entries connected with that have characters that also appear in the board game unmatched. Uh, and, and that's where we get some of our mythology connections from. Mm-hmm. So it's, we've got mythology, anime, science fiction, superheroes, video games, connections with tabletop gaming. Bex from redeemed otaku uh, did a chapter on Jurassic park, which yes. is, wonderful oh, cool. yeah cool chris what uh what did you write about specifically um so i did a couple entries most uh three of mine were were superhero based um one was based on um one of my favorite most recent characters um added to the dc pantheon um jessica cruz aka the anxiety lantern um I'm a believer oh, yeah. who, yeah. Um, I'm a believer who, 
who struggles with anxiety. Um, I have mm-hmm. general anxiety disorder, mild depression. And there was an issue that was just so incredibly powerful um, because it was legitimately what happens. Like it was depicting an experience so accurate, accurately, you're just like, man, it's awesome that comic books can do this. We're, we're looking at characters who are like, I'm fighting space aliens. And like, I just saved Superman, but some bumbler ran up and I'm, I'm terrified. I can't do anything. Um, so that, uh, writing about Jessica Cruz, Moon Knight, um, because there was a fantastic issue where he was stopping a terrorist attack and he was going through his several different identities. Uh, if you're a Moon Knight fan, you know he has many personas and, and those personas aren't just roles he plays. They are they are people he becomes. Um, right. So was looking at that, like the, the title of the chapter is Face the Day Like Moon Knight because in that issue he was – shifting to the person that needed to accomplish that goal. So it's look at what your day is going to be and then face it like Moon Knight would be prepared and put on the armor of the Lord. Um, looked at slaying the dragon like you of Eustace from Narnia um, and his redemptive story. And uh, wow. Eustace is such a good character. Um, yeah. And also, I, I I love Will Porter. He was fantastic in the movie. I know people don't don't love the um, the Don Treader <laughs> movie as much, but him and his majestic eyebrows were fantastic. And it's cool <laughs> that he's popping up in the MCU. Um, <laughs> I am looking forward to that. I know it's just this. Side note: It's so cool and weird at the same time that a couple of years ago, uh, Honest Trailers made the joke because we had Guardians and Ant Man. It's like we're Marvel; we're picking our projects on a dare. We're getting characters that are so <laughs> obscure now that you're just like, man, what a right. time! What a yes. time! I think um, there was an I think there was like a, either an SNL skit or something that was basically <laughs> it was shortly after Guardians of the Galaxy came out. And it was basically Marvel can't fail. Yeah. So they started making up completely random, like the ski adventure, Marvel, <laughs> Winter Pam. <laughs> yeah. With with the exception of Inhumans, their track record is impeccable. Right. We, we don't right. talk about Inhumans. That's just, <laughs> yeah. um, um, I did another chapter on Oracle, um, uh, Barbara Gordon, and how the Bat Fam, like, calls on her in their time of need because she's the eye in the sky so we have that but with god and it's no offense babs she's a fantastic character but she's also fictional character and god god is not that god's real and he can help us so much more than babs can and another chapter on dinobot from beast wars outstanding character oh Um, wow yeah and anybody fight me, I will say that Beast Wars is the pinnacle of Transformers <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'd have to agree with you on that. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy Generation 1. It's a lot of fun. But they really explored some stuff yeah, in Beast it, Wars from Episode 1. Because, you know, you know right? Robot, there, there's there's a, an episode where the, the Maximals think they've beaten the Predacons. And they're getting ready to go back to Cybertron 
And uh, Dinobot's just kind of out of sorts. He doesn't really know what to do with himself. And Rat Trap makes the comment. He says, Dinobot fought on our side because he knew we'd win, not because he honestly believed in our call. Yep. And that struck a chord with me of, of a guy fighting because he wanted to be on the winning side, not because he believed in what he was fighting for. Right? Yep. And, and that, that character arc was, was really, really, you know, and this is a kid show. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, and, and at the end of the day, both were toy commercials. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that right. Beast Wars <laughs> wasn't an advertisement for toys, but not I know Gen 1 fans love it. Um, I was at like I'm 34. I was born in 87, so I was at the tail end of it. And I never saw anything with the depth with stories that you got with Beast Wars because it was around with the 90s where we were getting Spider-Man, the animated series, Batman, Beast Wars, X-Men, where it's like, right. hey, kids are watching, but we're going to throw in a bunch of adult themes because chances are their parents are watching with them. And yeah. we're not going to get gross about it while right, we do it. Right. And Dinobot's journey of like being the bad guy, going good, then going bad, and then going good, and in the end, sacrificing himself to save others. I think that's something a lot of us as believers can that can resonate with us. I mean, we're constantly right. on a walk. We're constantly yep. going to be tempted or stumble back into our old uh, Predaconian ways. <laughs> right. But we've got people around us who can uplift, uh, uplift us, forgive us, encourage us. And they're not weird purple <laughs> airboarding. <laughs> apes. Apes. Optimus's only good form was the first one. <laughs> <laughs> they just got progressively weirder after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a short commercial break. Uh, When we get back, we'll keep talking about the Fantastic 42. Welcome, adventurers. Are you looking for an actual play podcast without profanity? Or maybe one that even grandma can love? Well, you're in luck. Introducing Playing Games with Strangers! A bunch of voice actors get together to play Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition, and we have a tale of comedy, tragedy, and dad jokes. And, on the plus side, the whole family can listen. Subscribe to the show at PlayingGamesWithStrangers.com! New episodes release every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is fun. Why are we whispering? <laughs> because we still, can. And we're still on a dramatic... You should work this into the break. It'd be funny to come back in on this. <laughs> What's going and on? we are back to Bees, Views, and Reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I am B with Eric Anderson and Chris Cook from Nerd Chapel having way too much fun. <laughs> and we are talking about the Fantastic 42, their geek-themed devotional book that has just come out. Uh, before the b- break, we were talking about the different uh, geekdoms and, and fandoms that you connected with in your devotional. What gave you the idea to do a geek-themed devotional in the first place? Like, 
I know you, uh, Eric, you had talked about, you know, I've got these things I'm interested in. I have the gift of teaching. I should do it. What made you decide to specifically put it in a book form? So if you walk into a Christian bookstore and go to the devotional section, more than likely you will see a lot of devotionals written for fans of sports and written for hunters and outdoorsmen. And a lot of devotionals yeah. just in general went to, written for women or, you know, the, the women's tea group type of devotionals. Right. Uh, as I was looking in that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is scary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as I was seeing this back in, you know, 2013 and 2014, I said, there's nothing here for my crowd and my hobby set. And I just felt like I need to be part of changing that. So I called up Nathan Marchand and I said, I'm going to write devotional books, a, a devotional book for fans of the things we like. I want you to do it with me. Uh, and, and, you know, in prayer, I felt like God said, you have to ask Nate to do it with you, which is good because he has much more of a, a history with writing than I do. Uh, so I could come at it from the theology and he could come at it from the writing end and we could put our strengths together. Awesome. And that's kind of really what, what put it, put it out there was I was realizing that Christian culture as a whole was not trying to connect in a meaningful way with the people I was trying to reach. Cool. And I felt like, you know, short little, uh, read a few pages a day type of book would be a good connection and an easy way to bring people into things. So that's awesome. Yeah. It, it just felt like the format God was calling us to. And it felt like it was, there was a big need because people were, it, it's funny how some people in the Christian world don't seem to understand how many redemptive themes are found throughout Nerdum. Oh, absolutely. Throughout all these different crazy stories yeah. that we love. There is so much out there to be had. And you know, so, some people in in general in the Christian community just don't see that at all. I mean, Jesus is the ultimate superhero story. It is. You know, he is. someone yeah. with, with, with superior power stepping down and helping those who aren't as powerful as he is from yep. a, a seemingly insurmountable evil. I mean, that, if that's not a superhero story, I don't know what it is. Exactly. And I even, Thousand the first percent. time I did Superhero Sunday at my brother's church, my whole message was just looking at Jesus from the concept of the hero, heroic story and taking the different pieces that writers will all agree are, are the uh, make up a, a, a hero story and looking at those in Jesus' life. Yeah. You know, looking at how he has a crazy origin as being as in, someone coming out of eternity and being born to a virgin with angels announcing it, but yet still in a very humble right. situation, and how he had a time of growth as he grew in wisdom and in stature with with and in a favor of God and man, and how mm -hmm. uh, he had his moment of commissioning. Uh, well, I guess technically two different moments of commissioning, but, you know, with being baptized by John the Baptist and then uh, his moment reading the scripture from Isaiah and saying, you know, this right. is fulfilled in your hearing. I'm here to do these good works that God predicted years ago yeah. through Isaiah and his whole work of using his powers to heal people and to bring back the dead 
and then teaching it and not just using powers, but leading by teaching and then going to the point where he faced the worst thing. You know, he died to become the hero and then God resurrected him. Yeah. So. Hundo P. Hundo P. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. what, What did you say? I missed that. <laughs> I said Hundo P and then I paused and repeated uh, Hundo P. <laughs> what, what what is Hundo P? I'm sorry. I it, it's a fun way of saying hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Okay. All right. I've never heard that. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, good. I, I, I've got slang that me, me and my wife use. Um a buddy of mine, Hal calls uh said if he ever if I ever started like my own business, he's like, I'd have to write a handbook. For your employees <laughs> about what certain things you say mean, because they're just going to be like, "What words are these?" Uh, honestly, I I thought it was something that 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 younger kids were saying nowadays, because uh, you know my oldest son he's really into into gaming and into Minecraft, and he watches a lot of uh, YouTubers who stream their their gameplay and talk about how to use different mods and things like that. Right? And he will use vocabulary. <laughs> That I'm like, I can tell from context clues what you're saying, but I've never said it that way before. And, right. uh, so if you ever want to feel old, <laughs> that, that is a way to do it. So, so Chris, I just assumed it was going to be another one of those situations. Oh, oh yeah. No, no, no. This is, this is purely uh, just something my wife and I say to each other to make each other laugh. We can he call it a cookism. Wife, he and his wife are secretly okay. creating a new language. <laughs> Ah. Well, the other thing you could do to mess with people is uh, do what Daryl did with uh, Michael on The Office, where he teaches them slang terms that aren't really <laughs> slang terms. Dink and flicka, go and mock five, fleece it out. <laughs> oh, The Office is so right. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. All righty. Um, what else does Nerd Chapel have besides the devotional book? Now, I know this is the third devotional book that you've put out. Right. Uh, what else do you do outside of these books? Like, where else can we find Nerd Chapel doing things? So, a, a big part of it, th- there's a few things. One is I, I host a monthly game day, a tabletop game day at my church, where we just play a bunch of games. We get out board games, we play them. I'll have the Nerd Chapel banner there. It's part of Nerd Chapel. Um, but it's the local face-to-face connection opportunity. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, another thing is, as I mentioned, I go to a lot of comic cons and anime cons and tabletop gaming cons. And when quite often I will get a table in Artist Alley with the artist and the other writers, and I'm just there representing Jesus by saying, hey, I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus, and I like a lot of the same things you do. So there's yeah. that aspect of being a... a physical ministry at a convention from time to time i have opportunities to do a chapel service at a convention oh wow uh there's there's a gaming convention in grand rapids michigan called grand con that that i've been doing a chapel at for a number of years they just provide me with the space and make it part of the official event listing uh and you know i've had 30 to 40 people most of those years for it. Uh, And in fact, it's really built up quite a community within that convention where a lot of us all know each other and and 
are always looking forward to seeing each other at the con. Uh, but yet it's not this weird, creepy bubble thing that so many Christian communities have. Right. It's, you know, you know <laughs> hey, Darren's running a game over at this time. Are you going to go to that game? Or, hey, let's go stop by the table where Eric is and say hi. Or, right. uh, you know, it, it it's not so much a bubbly, let's just all hide in the corner. It's, hey, we're all involved and let's make sure to, we spend a few minutes together in the middle of our just simply doing what we do with playing games. Right. Uh, right. So there's, there's those rare opportunities, but the primary things are, are those, there are, there are internet things I do as well. I've got a website where I do a blog every now and then I've done some YouTube videos. I've got, you know, the, some of the normal social media that people have, but the things that really are the big focus of nerd chapel would be going to conventions and being a representation for Jesus at conventions and just hosting game nights. That's that, that's actually a, a beautiful thing. I remember uh, the a convention we had here in a, in my hometown was Shreveport. Uh, there was a church who had a booth at the, at the Comic-Con, which at first I thought was, Oh, that's awesome. And you could tell their heart was in the right place, but they didn't really right. understand where they were. Sure. You know, they, yeah. uh, they, they didn't, they had a really good place to take a picture, but that was about right. as far as the conversation <laughs> could go, you know? Yeah. So to have believers with a missional heart, believers who want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, but they actually are involved in these geekdoms and fandoms. They can have mm-hmm. intelligent conversations about Marvel or star Wars or doctor who, or something like that. And, and then say, and by the way, I'm a huge fan of Jesus too. You know, I, I think that's that's important because it, it it allows us to connect with people who may not be Christian on a level that we can build some common ground. And it's not we're going to sit here and look at each other awkwardly. And you know, I want to talk to you about mm-hmm. Jesus, but we have nothing else in common. You know, yeah, right, yeah. And so it's that bridge bridge building atmosphere of. We're going to come in as people who are part of both of these communities and just be part of the community. Right. And at the same time, admit, yes, we're Christians. We love Jesus. We're here to talk about Jesus, but we also like the same things you like. And we have a lot of fun talking about those things as well. Right. Right. Oh, well, it's like the the time ahead. and space for for doing this is absolutely wonderful now. We're beyond the the point where a lot of the things that all three of us are are into would have been linked with. I was almost going to say twenty years ago, but twenty years ago was two thousand, and let's not. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Thirty years is 20, not the seventies anymore. <laughs> yep. So when I think twenty years ago, I think the eighties. But even right. into the early nineties, how much of this stuff was either looked at as like, oh, that's children's stuff, so there was a bit of shame with it, and then within oh. Christian circles, it was a bit of still left over from the satanic panic. Right. Um, right. But now it's like, we're at the point where we can be open and real about, Hey, no, we, we genuinely enjoy this. And on the flip side, because people are so open about their fandoms. Now you can be open to even broad open about your faith within the other groups. Cause it's like, Hey, the metalhead is also really into, 
I, I don't know board games, so I'm just going to say really into Kerplunk um, just <laughs> as much as, <laughs> as someone Kerplunk. else is into, okay. <laughs> as into Kerplunk. <laughs> like the, the avenue is there now, and it's, it's truly a mission field that you, you don't have to be like, I got to learn a lot because we already know this. <laughs> right. Right. It's, right. it's exciting. Yeah. Chris, and let's take, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, it, you know, it, it's the time. Yeah, I don't think I have any more to add. <laughs> I think I just thought I did. <laughs> Chris, it's the let's, kerplunk, uh, it threw you off. <laughs> <laughs> it made the brain go kerplunk. Chris, let's talk for a, a quick moment about your podcast. What is sure. uh, your podcast about? So I, I do have two podcasts. The primary one I have is uh, One Cross Radio, and that was kind of born out of I used to have two different blog sites, one where I'd write stuff that was a little more serious, very faith based and how my faith would inform how how I live, how I vote and how it intersects with politics and all those interesting things. And then I also had the side one where I'm writing about geeky stuff and talking about movies and getting excited about friggin' Alpha's Magical Christmas because it's just <laughs> so wonderfully awful. It's fantastic. <laughs> that at some point, uh, a buddy of mine's like, dude, why don't you just combine these both? Because they're they're both you. Um, right. And, and it was born out of on the older website I was doing interviews with people. But you lose a lot when you do a text-based interview. You you lose tone, some of the very funny moments and all that. Right. So <laughs> case one in cross- point tonight. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Kerplunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to hammer that one. It's not funny. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, so basically I, I one cross radio. What I'm trying to do is just be like, all right, let's, let's talk about geeky things but still in as loving a way as possible. Um, Something I've started to do recently is some more video stuff on, on the Instagram and on YouTube. I'm calling, calling them the shorts. And with those, I'm looking at some other things that I might not do a full episode on. Like someone's asked, like, why are you a fan of the idea of universal basic income? And I'm not steering our conversation that way, but it's, it's where (laughs) I can explore that and share in as loving a firm loving way as possible where speaking truth and love and not being a jerk about it. Um, right. But also kind of expressing because any discourse we have nowadays just seems to be really, really tense. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So it's yep. trying to have those conversations, even a, about light things and trying to keep the light things light. Um, right. I'm a Star Wars fan and how egregious has my uh, a lot of the people in my fandom been over the past bunch of years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, all right, let's try to talk about this and not those tones. <laughs> right. Um, and then I have another podcast with a friend of mine who's not a believer, but he's really into he's really into a lot of political stuff and starting to dip his toes into getting excited about geekdom stuff. So it's been Ah. fun to have those conversations because 
he and I know each other. We've known each other since we were eight, but we're two very different people. We do have different perspectives, but I guess the idea of it is like, hey, let's record our (laughs) good conversations because these are possible to do when you disagree with each other and you give each other good faith. Um, Yes, sure. So that one's called Radio Arcade. We just started it recently. It's Podcasts are fun, man. They're a lot of work, oh, yeah. as you know, Branson. <laughs> yes, they are, yes. Uh, well, oh, I'm, I'm just going to take this moment to give a <laughs> shout out to Dallas because he's provided most of the equipment I have to do a podcast and he does all the editing. All I do, I do the fun part. I sit down and talk with you guys and talk about <laughs> stuff that I think is fun. And then I send it to him and he waves his magic wand and suddenly yep. there's an episode. So, uh, also for, for, for our listeners, uh, and, and, and members of the devoted geek life and geek devotions, uh, our own Dallas Mora has written the forward for a fantastic 42. And Dallas, I, I challenge you to leave this in the podcast. Do not edit it out because you did a good job and you deserve the accolade for it. So leave it in here. Dallas, I'm going to know if you take it out, Dallas, leave it in here. I'm going to say now, when I listen to this, if you take it out, I will make sure I include this note in the beginning of an episode of mine. You're going to get those deserved kudos, buddy. We will find ways. (laughs) We know people. All right. Well, for people who want to get a copy of the Fantastic 42, where can they go to get it? So – you know, if you're in the area I happen to be in, I live in Michigan, you can probably find me at a convention, one of the localized conventions. Uh, if you can't find me or Nathan Marchand, or, you know, if you don't find any of us writers at a convention or a book event selling it, you can go to this place, this thing called Amazon. It's a little store. You <gasps> it, might it, not have heard of It's very different from wow. the, the Lady Warriors. It's very different from the Lady Warriors because they sell stuff. <laughs> the Lady Warriors, they don't sell stuff. But this group, this sells, they sell stuff. Uh, you can go to this place called Amazon. You can find the Fantastic 42, the New 42, and 42 Discovering Faith Through Fandom, all of them on Amazon. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today, guys, and for geeking it out with me. Uh, thank you all to the listeners for tuning in. Be sure to follow Geek Devotions on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the whole nine yards. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast catchers and leave reviews. Also want to encourage you to check out Nerd Chapel and One Cross Radio for my distinguished guests. Thank you, Eric and Chris, for being on the show today. Thank you. And, uh, Thank you, and, man. Uh, it's been an utter blast. Oh, I've been. enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Until then, stay devoted. Peace and love.